When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Sharpie Podcast, Jerry Trust, Billboard's co-director of charts and Hot 100 chart manager. Hey guys, uh, it's Trevor Anderson here. I am also a chart manager here at Billboard and the editorial liaison. So if you have any burning editorial questions for Billboard, uh, let me know. Ask Trevor and he'll ask the edit department. Correct. (laughs) All right, welcome to the podcast. We have an absolute superstar on the show this week that we want to get to uh, pretty soon. It's Luke Bryan, um, country uh, just one of the biggest names in country music, uh, along with an industry giant in his own right, Mike Dungan, who is Universal Music Group Nashville's chairman and CEO. Uh, our country chart manager, uh, Jim Asker in Nashville, sat down with both Luke and Mike uh, to talk about Luke's entire career, but also just a record-breaking week uh, he has on the charts this week, his sixth number one single from his latest album, Kill the Lights, Fast. Yeah, um, so obviously that's the first time that anyone's ever done that. Uh, a couple albums actually done... Five number ones on the country airplay chart, uh, including Luke's last album, Crash My Party. So he's gone from five number ones on the last album to six on this one. Who knows? Maybe he'll be gunning for seven on Kill the Lights Part Two. Yeah, they actually talk about that. And you just think most artists don't even go four or five singles deep on an album to have six singles, all of the number one. It really is amazing. Yeah, this album came out, you know, in in late summer 2015. And it's crazy how. I mean, obviously, we're we're almost gearing up for summer 2017. So the fact that the album has really gone on this long, like you're saying, Gary, is is I think a testament, you know, for the label, for Luke himself, that they didn't want to just do the quick three or four and you know rush it out and then get ready for the next one. They believed that they had six singles on here, not only six singles, six hits, and you know it's going great for them. We'll talk about that coming up. A really insightful uh, interview to hear an artist and a label executive uh, chat back and forth like that. So uh, that's coming up here on the podcast. Uh, we'll also flash back to 1999 when what was on the charts. We will find out coming up here on the podcast. But first, this week's Hot 100, Boys to Men are back, Trevor. Uh, uh, we're so lucky we got them two weeks in a row. This is, you know, lucky our schedules are lining up pretty well. Ten, nine, eight. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Injection, fellas. 
Okay, so once again, thanks to our, our four friends from Philly, boys to men out here. And without further ado, here is this week's top 10 on the Hot 100. If you didn't get enough Drake last week, we're going to kick off with Drake and we'll run to the top. Here we go. Listen, heart of building trust from a distance. I think we should rule out commitment for now because we're falling apart. Shape of You, uh, Trevor, historic feat. Uh, it's the 34th number one to be number one on the Hot 100 for at least 10 weeks. Uh, and that goes back to 1958 when the Hot 100 started. So you're talking uh, 1,061 Hot 100 number ones all time. 34 have been number one for double-digit weeks. It's 3% of all number ones. So Shape of You in the, the upper 3% all time. Yeah, it's like, uh, I guess it's like healthy milk or something, how 3% of... The- that's not so the, healthy. It, th- wait, 3%? 3%. I mean, one, it's, it's, 1% is the healthy milk. I mean, there's still 97% that you got rid of. Uh, but yeah, 3% is, is it's pretty... It's like chocolate milk or strawberry milk or something. I, um, we'll call the U, uh, USDA and get their official take on it for next week's episode. <laughs> but um, yeah, 3% of number one. So this is obviously an elite class you know, already. Um, I mean, this, the song's been doing, of course, amazingly well. I'm sure a lot of you guys out there have been hearing it. You know, really, wherever you go, turn on the radio, you hear it. I'm sure it's blowing up Spotify playlists. I mean, in the grocery store, I think I heard it a couple of weeks ago. So it's really, you know, going to stick around. And the fact that it's been number one for 10 weeks, I mean, obviously, that's one of those songs that you'll hear 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Like, here it is. Uh, Bruno Mars holding at number two with That's What I Like. Pretty big lead, though, for Ed Sheeran. It looks like he probably has at least another week at number one uh, in him for Shape of You. 
Uh, that's why I like keeps gaining. So it's, it's closing the gap, but, but still a pretty big lead. And uh, next week on the podcast, Trevor, we'll have John McMahon back from Atlantic Records. He was on last week. Right. Going to talk all things uh, Bruno Mars next week. Uh, yeah, we got him a nice, nice two, uh, guys got a little two package deal there. Um, and obviously having the number one, number two songs in the country is, you know, a great position for John to be in. So be excited for that. All right. Let's waste no more time. Luke Bryan is our big star uh, on the podcast this week, again, along with Mike Dungan, uh, head of Universal Music Group Nashville, talking about Luke Bryan's success, his career, how he started, and he continues to be one of the biggest names uh, in uh, country music and, and really music overall, here with Jim Asker, our country chart manager in Nashville, here on the Billboard Chartbeat Podcast. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Kick the dust up. It's Jim Asker of Billboard here with two very special guests, uh, the one and only Luke Bryan. Thank you, thank you. And Mike Dungan, Chairman and CEO of Universal Music Group Nashville. I'm honored. The big man. We're here with the big guy. I'm honored. It's, it, I know how busy you guys are. Kind of busy, so I'm really, <laughs> really thankful. What's funny is, yeah, oh. I think he's got a lunch. I got a plane to catch, and we're not lying about it. 
It's kind of funny. <laughs> I remember back when people used to use, oh, I got a plane to catch, yeah. but didn't really have a, I, I really didn't that's have That's not true because I get that a, a lot. Yeah, well, it's the truth for me, actually, finally. So, you Busy know what? Uh, this is a special occasion. Oh, thank you. Uh, I love the song, Fast. Thank I, you. You co-wrote it. Um, kind of a ballad. Right. Would you call it a ballad? Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess you could call it a, a kind of what, what it's a mid tempo. Mid tempo. Yeah. See the record guy; he's like, no, no ballad, no, no ballad. It's not a ballad. I but love it, it. You know, it's just a like I said. And you know what? What's funny about Fast is Dungan. You know, when I turned the album in, um, his uh, his kind of twinkly eyes and hit meter. That was that was one of your. I mean, that was one of the. When he when when I turned the album in, he immediately called me and and said Fast was at the top of his certainly list for favorites and uh, the sixth single. It's yeah, the yeah. sixth single. Yeah. Sometimes it's like the third single. And you go, oh, I don't know. It's the third single, and <laughs> this one's the sixth. And it's an incredible song. And um, number one, the sixth number one off your album, Kill the Lights, and you're the first person in the history of the Billboard Country Airplay chart. To put six number ones off an album. Well, Congratulations! Um, thank it's, you, thank it, you. Unbelievable. It's, Unbelievable. It's How do, just saying that? What, I just want to get a reaction from both of you. Well, I mean, uh, gosh, I mean, when you hear accolades and achievements like that, I mean, you, you, what it took to get to this point just immediately flashes in front of your eyes. I mean, from the point to where. I meet Mike Dungan for the first time. He um, he saw something in me, and then, you know, you start there. That's where it starts. Well, it, But it starts with moving to Nashville. But then when you meet, you know, when you're in the room with the president of Capitol Records and you've got to prove it to him that you're going you're gonna to be able to pull this, pull this career off one day and then to see all the amazing things that we've done and then here, you know, here we arrive at Kill the Lights and six number one singles. I mean, it's uh, congratulations. You know, we never set out. I don't reckon we could ever set out to um, to. Uh, we just set out to to make the best music we can and have fun with it. But then, you know, when we, um, you know, this is just a testament to everybody really doing a good job at a lot of stuff and when you made when you finished the album and turned it in did it feel like what did, did it feel like okay man, this it is felt you, like i mean me and dungan and i have we've kind of said this we have felt like it's been my best album I, I, think. I definitely feel that way i mean he's when i turned it in he said that but um it's been a head scratching album too we've scratched our heads with it on on certain things and but um that it was going up to number one so fast or what would you be scratching well, we, it's just been a tricky album <laughs> it's what? it's different mike I, what's your I, reaction i think you've been with luke a long time well and and after the last album during the last album luke and i were fishing actually and, <laughs> and uh i, I expressed my opinion that and you're talking uh, about crash my party the last album yes okay. yes, yes the fifth album. you know i i have you know been with this gentleman for a long time i know him to be multifaceted and his talents run very very wide and very deep and when 
you're limited to the songs you hear on the radio, you get one impression of an artist or two impressions of an artist. And I said, you know, maybe it's time to start throwing some of those curveballs that are in your head because I know they're in there because I'm around you all the time. And I think this album is exactly that. It's it's unlike anything that he's done before. I mean, when you just fast alone is probably the most extreme example of it. And you look at Strip It Down and, um, you know. The first single was Kick the Dust Up. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is more like, you know, what we've come to know as Luke Bryan. Yeah, and I think. Yeah, let's just run them down really quick. Yeah. Okay. Kick the Dust Up, the initial first single, out, great right. Luke Bryan single. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think everybody. Everybody heard that and they said, "Yeah, that sounds like a that sounds like a dadgum Luke Bryan song." And I don't mean dadgum in a bad way. It's just, yeah, it's just a big old fun. It's it's an easy pick for a first single, right? right. For Luke we, Bryan. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then the next single, "Strip It Down." Who picks it? Oh gosh, we had a we had a meeting on yeah. Luke's bus right outside the Vanderbilt Stadium. It. it was the day you were playing the stadium. Last summer, And we, yeah. we were uh, just in discussion about what it should be. And, I mean, this song this song just is the sexiest thing I'd heard in a long time. And we'd never really gone there yeah. with, with this career. And uh, We had sniffed it with Do I, but Do I was a subject matter of a, of a couple in, in turmoil where Strip It Down was – I think there were a lot of babies conceived. Uh, Baby, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was that. And, <laughs> in that three minutes? You know, and, and, and um, with, with Kick the Dust Up and Strip It Down, I mean, these songs get up the charts, and, you know, you're waiting to get this reaction from them live, and Kick the Dust Up was a little delayed because it gets up the charts, and Strip It Down. I would say, I mean, man, when I hit the piano lick to Strip It Down now, it's bigger than it ever was, mm. and that, that's that's kind of why we kind of jokingly say that this album has kind of been, you know, kind of been a, an interesting album for me because they get up the charts so fast; they almost outrun the fans. They do taking them in, yeah, and I want and importing them into their life, right. you know. And, and I want to get to that in a little while. That the amount of time yeah. it takes to get up the charts because I was in radio not all that long ago, fifteen years is that a long time? Hey, not, not anymore. I guess it, it goes is. Fast. As we get older, it's not that long. But, you know, most songs used to take 14, 15 weeks. We were done with them, push them to recurrent. Yeah. And now your six go up the chart to number one in the time it takes. We, we've had some songs go to number one. And I think the length for the longest is 52 weeks for Chris yeah, Young yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, over two cycles. You yeah. know, and there are some I look at the chart are 48, 49 weeks old. Um, are yeah. some going up too fast? You think? Yes. And that's exactly what was happening with Luke's career. And it's because he is the hottest thing out there. And radio was just running him up there. The fans were calling for him. All the <laughs> metrics, all the all the research, everything was just so hot on everything we put out that they would run up and run out. Right. And I came to the realization that the fans are going, wait a minute, I just started hearing that, and now I'm not hearing it anymore. So. But, you know, on our hybrid chart, the Hot Country Songs chart, the derivative of the Hot 100 at Billboard, which is a combination of streaming, sales, and airplay all combined, when you look at the end of the year, your songs have been on top of that list a lot longer than the radio chart, mm-hmm. which is, tends to get them to number one, and then they're done with them, and then move the next thing up. 
So there is the reality of the real world of people listening to other things on their devices besides radio. Radio is as, as important as it is, but they're listening to the radio, they're streaming. Hopefully they're buying it as well. And with your stuff, they are buying because your album's at 1.1 million in sales now, according to Nielsen Music. So do you take all that into effect too, that some fans are taking things a lot longer than... Yeah, Luke knows. (laughs) You must. We we had to sit down and I said, listen, we're we're going to not slow this down. They're going to get up to number one in eight or ten weeks because that's just how hot you are. But we're going to take our time in telling radio what the next single is. Mm. And as long as you don't give them another single or you don't announce it, you continue to stay hot because those records are hot. They're going to stay hot for a long time. So it took us a while to adjust to that. And I I wish we had gotten more life out of Strip It Down. I wish we had had gotten more more life out of those. It's still alive and well, but I think, you know, we never, we we really never got to, like, um, high-five them. Like, like it's been weird. It was like, they went up, and then the sales caught up, and then they. It was just almost like we kept trying to catch ourselves, right? But it's still, but it, it, the 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 basis of all this is it's like the most amazing problems to have. It's you a know, great so saying, right. Like, I was just going like to say, like if that. anybody's listening to this, it's a great hearing, problem to have. Yeah, and hearing this, like, if the guys in High Valley are listening, yeah, now, I mean, like. Well, that's it. Took forty weeks to get our song to number twenty. I had that. I've 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 had that point in my career too, where right. Of course, you have. I mean, you know, all my friends say was was forty two, forty three weeks, and it went to five, and which was, I mean, we popped champagne around here, and we 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 we. I mean, let balloons go look in at, the sky. You look know, at we, Lauren Elena, how long yeah. she's been at it. She's about to go number one in a couple yeah. of weeks after she, Luke. After, after well, <laughs> you know, but I'm so proud for her and happy for her. We, you know, and that she's just a testament to uh, Georgia. Well, and and Dungan's staff around here too that that sees a star in her. She's a star, man. She's she's got the personality. She's got the voice. She's got the, you know. So it's it's always fun when you know all that. Sometimes you see these stars. And this is totally kind of off me, but you see these stars and you're just like, why aren't they, you know, why can't, he's seen it a million more times than me. So when, when they finally, when, I, and I'm, go ahead, tell them what I'm thinking. Well, the first, the first time I saw her was opening for you. Yeah. She yeah. Had, she had come off uh, of American Idol. Yeah. She didn't really have radio hits, so she had American Idol and that was pretty much it. So Luke, you have a long and, history with a lot of these artists. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I was opening for Aldine at the time. She, was it, was she... Who, was it her, Aldine, and me at the time? I or? guess it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, so mm-hmm. me and her spent that whole year, you know, um, getting to know this little kid. You I know, stood was, on the side of the stage blown away yeah. by what she was doing on the stage. I had just come over here from Capitol, and she killed me. I did, had no idea this girl sang as well as she did. Yeah. We turned this into mm-hmm. a Lauren Elena I know. I want to get back to who. It's all good, though. So your third talking about good artists, right? Exactly. So and she just did a benefit show for me, by the way. So I'm a little (laughs) oh good, Lauren. Um, So the third single comes out, "Home Alone" tonight with Karen Fairchild. Um, Do you guys have a meeting about it? Okay, now we're going to come with number three. That one was a hard one just to hold back. I mean, from the from the from the beginning, who picked it? Uh, I think we all picked it. We We have have powwowed more on this album. We have huddled up. 
Yeah, we had the we had the kind of so line up a, with Little Big Town's career at that point. Yeah, so we it's can, a committee decision still in some. It's it's always Luke's decision, right? But but he listens. <laughs> he's yeah, he's is, good about that. Well, you know, but I love. Um, you know, there are things that I'm ignorant about, and then there are things that, you know, they they have a different set of boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. I have a different perspective. I mean, what my normal everyday life, really all I can base my life out of is the songs I write, do I feel them in my heart? And when I do these radio, what is my crowd looking like they're wanting? Well, on Dungan's side, they're, they're trying to foresee – where the industry's going and help keep me in front of it too. So we do huddle up and man, we, we talk out strategies and like Dungan was alluding to with, um, home alone tonight. Um, we didn't want to drop this in conjunction with a little big town. So we kind of let, let little big town. You can yeah, we, we were, oh, there's so much to the strategy. Had, of yeah. Little big time records here as well. It's not, it's a capital right, they're on capital and, records. and they had, we had made. Karen is a part of. We had all. made a somewhat frightening decision to go with a song called "Girl Crush," which was very mm. slow, and slow records can find difficulty getting up the radio charts. And so, to put Karen's voice out there in a duet with Luke, going up against Karen's voice in a very slow song, uh, it just it didn't seem fair to Little Big Town. So, now, so we held back until. That song, Girl Crush, had kind of gone up and done its thing. And that song is an example of it. It made it to number two. It peaked at number two on the Billboard Airplay chart, yeah. country airplay chart. It was at number one on the hybrid hot country songs chart right. for 13 weeks. <laughs> yeah. Number one for 13 weeks. Yeah, and so it's a hit record. Well, it was uh, one of the most impactful songs of of the year and it's but it's very hard we're promoting to, all these other artists there yeah you know. it's fine though i like that <laughs> it's very hard to get a, a slow song like a, a song that's right. that slow I know. up the chart yeah. the know, radio so, chart yeah. no matter how much you like it if you're in your convertible on a weekend and the sun's shining and you're driving fast you might not want to listen to a slow song but the ballads are, are so many great songs in country oh, music yeah, history the best and okay that was so one of them Fourth song, Hunting, Fishing, Loving Every Day, which yes. another curveball. Maybe yes. my favorite on the album. It's got that Alabama classic yes. country sound. Talk about that because you have been doing this kind of stuff for a while. But well, yeah, I mean, I think you know, with all my albums, I had always, um, and Dungan will tell you. I mean, I had always kind of put, I'd always wanted an ode to the country boy. You know, and on my albums, I'd always had, like, Muckalee Creek Water, mm-hmm. um, Drinking Beer and Wasting Bullets, Tailgate Blues. I always thought that those were songs that, you know, everybody always on country radio, you know, they think about, well, what are the women wanting to listen to? But on my albums, I was always wanting to make sure I keep that core audience of some of, of some guys and when when hunting and fishing and loving every day landed on this album, I was really excited because I felt like this was going to be my first chance at one of them old big country boy rocking kind of ant hopefully anthemic things to actually make it. On it's a great radio. song, and I saw you do it at the CMA Awards. Yeah, and women seem to love that song. Yeah, and they do. And we that's the thing too. I mean, with with my it's funny because with 
with my world, you know, I want my I want a lot of girls to come to the shows, the live concerts, just so the guys will be tagging along, just to be around a bunch of pretty girls, and they can all have fun. Well, it's been interesting watching how many women love hunting and fishing and loving every day, and and um, I mean, I, 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 it's 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 been a it was an amazing song for me to put out, and you know, I mean, when we're huddling up and and we're, you know, we're having these talks and we. We all say, "Hey, we're gonna go with this one." I mean, it was a it was a prideful moment. It, it yeah. felt like, I mean, it was a, you know, it was a it was me as an artist coming to, you know, I come into my label. And I'm like, man, I don't know what my radio guys are gonna want or really gonna think about hunting, fishing, loving every day. And when we sit down and we leave the room and we're all high fiving and they're pumped up, ready to put it out there. Mm-hmm. It, it's the best feeling in the world as an artist to know that that you've that your that your team's got your back when you want to try something and and really I don't think we really thought it but, was a dice rolling moment. But you know, yeah. great music is timeless, and it's a timeless track. I mean, it, it's just it'll stand up forever. I mean, a lot of these, all of these will. That's just a song that you could put in any. You could hear it in 1989. You could hear it in 2017. It's just a great song. Thank great you. song you is a great song. You don't. What, what I've found is people, the, the fans don't have to directly relate to every song. Sometimes they just want to be told a story. And I'll go back to a story on the first album when we had a song called Country Man. Mm. And yeah. the career was doing okay, but it was, it was nothing was in the bank. There was no guarantees of anything. And I was at lunch with a with a radio programmer in Minneapolis. And we started talking about the album. And Greg Swedberg. He, Greg Swedberg. He brought up Countryman. I said, will your listeners relate to wrestling hogs and gators and curing hams <laughs> with your hand? And he smiles and says, probably not, but they'd love to hear the story. Yeah, and exactly. what we found was people love to hear the story. Yeah. That played as well in in Albany, New York, and Los Angeles, as it did in yeah, South the rural, Georgia. Yeah, the rural yeah, area. Yeah. So. Great song. It's a great song. So the fifth single, it Move. Yeah. That's going from the mainstream country to another. Yeah, and that was one that I was really pushing for. I just, I will always fight to have a big old fun dancing song, you know, that, and, um, you know, it, it it's, it's one of those things now that fast is number one, like move is getting bigger and bigger out on the road and people are, you know, and I think, um, um, it was just, uh, it was one that I was really, I, I think we had thought that initially when, um, kill the lights came out, the first single and kick the dust, it was move and kick the dust up were kind of those, uh, I tell you, it's been amazing. I mean, we've had with, with, um, crash my party, we had tons of conversations about the first single off Crash My Party, and we chose Crash My Party, and I wanted I See You. Yeah. And my label was was big-time right. They were big-time right. And we'd kick the dust up and move, same kind of thing. I kind of leaned on my label, and they were big-time right with leading with kick the dust up. So um, kind, of, kind of same scenario. You know, you just got two songs that you really believe in, but – but we, we huddled up and, and and checked the climate and what we felt like people were wanting to hear. And, and 
that's when we you know put move out there i think it's fascinating to hear from a, a major artist that you guys still huddle up and and pick the singles together and i i think that just it's, it's fun. amazing. It's my favorite part. It's fun. I love I mean, to do I, that. It's you it, get it, you totally reconnect with the music. Sounds like Luke is just really open to hearing other opinions. Well, too. he's just a great guy. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make him you know, get a bigger head. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, you know, so now fast, <laughs> fast going to number one, six. The first person, the first artist with six number ones off an album. By the way, you're the only artist with five, at least five number ones off two albums. Did you know that? Yeah. Um, so, because the last album had five, uh, so it's now you're not coming. Are you coming with a seventh single? No, I think, I think not. Right? Well, I, you know, I don't. Unless know. we go huddle up we, in we, here. We, we, well, you have I to promise now that we do I this do again. Know. <laughs> you know, there, there, there are in, in the in the uh, in the lane of curveballs, which you've already seen how much I love them. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple of curveballs left in here that uh, I just admire and love so much the first one is razor blade yeah. which is different because it's a little mm. darker it's a song about a girl that's pretty dangerous and you're going yeah. into this relationship you know you're going to get hurt and that's you know that's that's a that's an interesting subject for right. especially for luke Laurent. the other one is a flat out beautiful love ballad that I think you wrote for your wife called To the Moon and Back and Mm, it is just an awesome song is it a radio hit I don't know but we're we're talking about Luke Bryan he can pretty much dictate on his own terms so you know I wouldn't I wouldn't be adverse to going with either one of those, but we will huddle up and we will decide so you don't don't know yet No, I was hoping to get some news I was saying no he's saying we're kind of 50-50, 50-50, so we'll see. Like I said, we may huddle up. Are you talk? Are you writing? Are you talking about a new album? Oh, certainly, certainly. I mean, we... The tour uh, ends when? In May? Well, the, the Kill the Lights tour just ended. And right. And the Hunting, Fishing, Loving Every Day tour starts in Nashville, May 5th. May At 5th the Bridgestone Arena. Two Bridgestone nights. Can I get tickets for that? We, we know a guy. We know a guy. <laughs> Two nights. So, are you writing? Oh, certainly. All certainly. the time? I've been... Uh, do you, do you ever write alone, by the way? Do you do any solo writing? You know, I, I'm really funny about I'll, I will try to force myself to sit down and write by myself. But I get so excited about a song when I get around one of my songwriter buddies that I know can help me take it mm-hmm. to its full potential. I always, whatever I have I have written by myself, I always kind of unload it on my, on my songwriter buddies. And, and uh you know, one time way back when I tried to, I recorded a song that I wrote by myself and I didn't put it on the album. And, uh, and you know, every now, I've always kind of wanted to have a song on my album that, that you know, I was a single co-writer on. But I, but like, but I don't think about it in those terms. My thing is sit down, try to write the best song and try to find mm-hmm. the best yeah, song. I was just that, curious that, because, um, you know, the Little Big Town song, Better Man, was written by Taylor, right, Taylor right. Swift. And before that, uh, Laurie McKenna wrote Humble and Kind for yeah. Tim McGraw. I can't remember the last time we had a solo written um, male um, go to number one. Yeah, it may it, have it's been. Just, it's just not. So can you do one? Yeah, we'll work <laughs> yeah. on that. It's More. You know, Nashville is just, you're surrounded by so many great writers. Right. I know. And, yeah, and it, you know, yeah I know. I, it, it almost. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. And you're almost, like I said, I mean, if I've got this great idea. And I've got, I mean, I've learned to where, and I, and I have this one particular songwriter coming in, I can go, 
Man, this would, he would probably help me knock this out of the park. Mm. And that's at the end of the day, that's your that's your goal to have a great song. Is to knock However it out of the it. park. I mean, whether it took you and one other guy or you and three other, and it's a you know four way co ride. I mean, I think uh, it's all about um, it's all about you know knocking it out of the park at some point. I want, to, I want to ask just a, a question about new artists. Um, when you were a new artist, it was so different, Mike and Luke, from today. Um, if you started today with all this, the platform, the different platforms and social media, uh, would you still, like when you started out, radio were the gatekeepers. They still are to a degree, but there's so much else you have to do to get noticed out there and cut through the noise. Um, if you were just starting out today, would you still jump in and oh yeah i mean i would you would, know when, would you're, you? when you're born to do something i mean you take all the you know when you're born and driven and you you know this is your 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 one go at life and and you put all your dreams out there yeah i mean you know there are artists moving to nashville with that dream and it's an ever-changing business it's so different do you talk to new artists Oh, every chance I can, you know. I mean, I try to um, yeah. give them I mean, advice. The best way for me is when I have artists that are out on the road with me. I mean, you know, when I talk to artists and I hear of some of their challenges, and I'm, I'm like, wow, you know, I I didn't have to I didn't have to deal with some of that stuff. But they're out there loving it. Do you still go back and do radio tours? Do I wake up and do the phoners and and do I if. You know, when we're coming into a market with a big show, do I call it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's part of the job. It's, right. it's what you sign up for. And, you know, the day that I'm huffing and puffing about, you know, and it's, it's become, you know, now I've got a person on my team. It's But I was a programmer, so I know we want, especially country programs, we want everything from the artists. Yeah, but that's, that's part of it. But, like, now... I've got to record something for my app. I've got to record something for my website. I've got to record right. something it's a whole for different my sponsors, world. and I've got to record something for radio and 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 this and that. And but I don't really think about man. I, I I'm so I'm having so much fun with it now. I feel like you're you know, still just, having fun. It's funny, you know. My manager says, "Hey, do you want to come in and do a podcast?" Are you okay with that? I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. I'll get hang out. Well, thank you for saying yes. (laughs) Mike, I feel like all I've done was talk. I was just going to say, I think uh, a new artist today have it a lot easier than you do. And I think had social media and the internet been as prominent as it is now, people would have been able to connect with that thing that makes this career so big immediately, which is seeing him live and just seeing the personality and have that spark come through. And we didn't have that the benefit of that then. I mean, we had the internet, but we certainly, you know, Facebook was not around. MySpace really wasn't around, and right. you know, we starting. You had, you had to earn it the hard way. You know, we had videos that got on a few TV channels, and yeah. and then you performed live. And now you you do some stuff and you put it to tape and you spread it out there and immediately millions of people can access see what you're all about we're going to wrap up and i just want to say thank you for your time and thank congratulations you. on your success to both of you yes mike um congratulations to you on everything you guys just signed <laughs> carrie underwood um this morning as we set yeah. up to do this and congratulations on yeah. that with Excited luke and carrie that. on the same label on capitol records i know how about and that. keith urban all on the same crazy and ever dirks and 
it's an amazing yeah, it is. roster. Like, yeah, and that's like what four percent of the roster, we, right? We built it, didn't we? It's crazy. We it's crazy. It. I mean, you know, it, it's built on it's built on the true, honest. It's built on the true, honest thing of what you know Nashville's built on. Just and it's the label around songs and artists and great artists, and that's what he's able to. Carrying on the tradition of the Beatles and the Beach Boys, all on the same label in Nashville, it's amazing to me. Yeah, well, all Mike, does that mean a lot? Do you think about that? I do. Year? I I, I think about it all the time. And what I'm proudest of is the fact that we have so many great artists, and they're all different than each other. And I think that's why they play so well together, and they enjoy each other's company. And they're. I hope. I think they're all proud to be on the on the label because everybody's different. There's nobody really in the same space, you know. There's only one Luke Bryan. There's only one Keith Urban. There's only one Carrie Underwood now. There's only one Lady, Lady Annabellum, you know. It's not. It's almost uh, staggering when you hear the. Well, and what's amazing, I was label. down. Uh, I was down in Tuscaloosa, college town. My niece is there, and we were there for Parents Weekend, and um, we're in this big club that had like the dance portion, and then it had this other place that. They played like country music and stuff, and and uh, John Party, uh, Dirt on My Boots, came on, and I'm over there uh, at the bar having a beer, and I see people run out there on the dance floor dancing to Dirt on My Boots, and, you know, Party's the same kind of story as me. Three-week number one. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and he, uh, you know, they believed and heard something in Party, and they kept, they kept focusing on their belief that he was gonna he was gonna turn the corner on on this thing and he has and I sit there watching people dance to his music as proud as what you know I'm very proud to, to know that I'm a part of a label that won't give up on you you know well, they'll, given they'll that exhaust label. everything they'll exhaust everything in their power to get you where they believe you ought to be well you I'm sure it's just a pleasure to work your music now and to have present your music. You've given us, the fans, so much great stuff, and I just thank you for that and wish you all the success down the road, and to you, Mike, as well, just to um, keep it going. And I just want to just congratulate you, and thank yeah, you for your time you. today. Thank so you. So when I um, – do you tweet yourself, Luke? Do you? Yeah, I mean, I have people that, that do mass, like – just wanted to ask you that. But when I'm – you know, if you see it's, – it's pretty obvious when people know that I'm – I'm at the helm. You okay, know, so in this post, I'd like you to please retweet. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody. This is Jim Asker at Billboard <laughs> with Mike Dungan, chairman and CEO of the Universal Music Group, and the one and only Luke Bryan. Thank you for listening. Through the good and the ugly, the blue and the black, to the ends of the earth, to the moon. And that's a piece of To the Moon and Back by Luke Bryan from his Kill the Lights album. Really cool, Trevor, to hear Jim's uh, interview with Luke Bryan, Mike Dungan from Universal Music Group Nashville. You don't always get an artist and a label executive in the room like that to talk about the different perspectives that they have. Like Luke was saying how he uh, sees how certain songs are popular in concert and what fans are reacting to. Uh, Mike sees that as well, but he's also got research maybe that Luke isn't seeing, talking to radio. It's kind of cool to hear how uh, their different sides of what they see come together for, for their strategy as a label. Yeah, it's it's awesome because especially, you know, when the bigger you get in a way, sometimes that can be more contentious between 
maybe a label head and an artist, an artist who obviously has success, has seen what they can do, really wanting to expand and, and follow them, their own vision in a way and thinking, you know, I know the fans and I know what's going to work and I know what people want. And, of course, you got the label on the other side talking about, well, we've got all this research, we've got these numbers, the numbers are pointing to this, we need, we need to go over here. And it's really cool that, you know, the two of them seem to be on the same page a lot of the times, obviously wanted the same thing for Luke's career, you know, really having a, a solid foundation of, of trust and respect that, you know, has obviously led them to where they are now, six number ones off an album and still going strong. I like how they said they go fishing together. That's that's like their, their conference room. That's where they discuss the strategy of his album, going fishing. And not not sure that happens outside of country. Yeah, that yeah, I, I don't think um you know, Taylor Swift and, and her crew are out there or Adele and, and Co. Though I think Adele fishing, now that I now that I think about it, that'd be like a kind of fun Snapchat video or something. Drinking beer. Adele out there. I'm sure Adele drinks. You know, she's she's down. And uh, Nashville, Trevor, that's that's your town, right? You went to Vanderbilt. <laughs> uh, I don't know. If you that, never went fishing. I don't know if that makes it my town. And now Gary's given everyone one more thing to Google uh, about me. Um, but yeah, I was I lived in Nashville for a few years, obviously. Uh, and it's just, I mean, the country scene obviously is is booming there and doing so well. And it's kind of cool, though. You know, the country stars because since the the base really is in Nashville, and all the labels are there. And the country stars, when they're around town, they're so nice. They're so they're so chill. I mean, especially you think that if they know they're going to be in a city where people are going to recognize them, they might you know try to avoid this and avoid right. that. But you know, I've seen Taylor Swift you know walking around town. I ran into Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban yeah. at the movies. We were all seeing The Dark Knight Rises a couple years ago, um, and they were all you know very nice, very very cool, down to earth. Did you chat with them? Um, I. I, uh, I, when Nicole and Keith, I um, just saw briefly, and um, it was really brief. But I did. I, Nicole was coming out of like her theater to go to the bathroom. And I happened to be in the same lobby area, and of course, I was just like, kind of like, sort of staring because hey, it's Nicole Kidman in right. the movie. She's like six foot tall woman who's obviously the main attraction, and she walked past me, and I guess you could obviously tell that I was looking stupid and staring. And she just kind of glances over and she says hi, <laughs> like. Yes, I know you're there, and I I know you know who I am. Taylor was uh, had a little more extended conversation. I kind of ran into her at a restaurant. Um, we were the only tables in the back room of this little place. It was like one thirty in the morning. Uh, I guess she was there with some of her bandmates, and couldn't find my copy of Fearless for her to sign, so she signed a napkin instead. Uh. I still have the napkin, but I looking back, I felt bad for her bandmates because that they're probably. You know, this happens to them probably a lot where everyone goes straight to the, straight to the table, straight to Taylor, and they have to stop their conversation for five minutes because uh, some here's some they, rando. They got to Taylor. Eat. Taylor had to talk to you. They they got to still have their, their late night meal. I like to think that they could eat even if I wasn't there. <laughs> like maybe maybe Taylor has some weird bandmate rules. I don't know. But. So this this was what, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, somewhere back then? Gary's were really trying to date me. This was two thousand eleven, twelve. Okay. Wow. Well, you said Fearless, so I thought that's maybe when the album came out. Oh, no, this was this was in the Speak Now era, but Fearless was the the one. All right, so you chatted with Taylor. <laughs> she signed your napkin. She did sign the napkin. She said, um, I love Trevor. I love Trevor Hart Taylor. Still have it in my drawer to this day. And, and somehow she hasn't written a song about you yet. Ooh, some might say that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> All right, I, I was in Nashville um, last fall. I was hanging out with Jim. We went, uh, we had pancakes at a place where I guess Garth Brooks goes sometimes. So same thing. It didn't even seem to be a big deal to Jim. He's like, oh, well, Garth Brooks might be there. So same kind of deal you're saying that Nashville uh, stars just kind of go wherever. It's it's everybody's town. Yeah, for sure. All right. 
Let's flash back 1999 right now on the Billboard Sharpie podcast. Check it out, TLC's No Scrubs, classic favorite from the millennial generation. Everybody knows this song. Hit number one on the Hot 100 back on April 10th, 1999. So coming up on its 18th anniversary, topping the chart, massive hit for them. Number two song of the year and won a pair of Grammys as well for R&B performance by a duo or group and best R&B song for the song Songwriters. And speaking of those song songwriters... They've been back in the pop culture circle recently. And why is that 18 years after after the song was a big hit? Well, we got to thank Ed Sheeran for that one and Shape of You. Uh, if you guys have missed it, uh, a few weeks ago, Ed Sheeran actually added the songwriters from No Scrubs onto the, onto the ASCAP credits for the song because, as a lot of people on the internet found out, you've seen it on Twitter, you've probably seen it on Facebook, uh, the pre-chorus of Shape of You sounds... A little too similar to No Scrubs, apparently, and seems like, Gary, that they uh, wanted to potentially avoid any litigation coming and just go ahead and give them the credit. Yeah, we're starting to see that now a little bit. Uptown Funk, same thing happened with that a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, I didn't really hear that one. I honestly didn't really hear the, the No Scrubs Shape of You really? connection. Yeah. I feel like, haven't you seen some of the mashups where, like, people... Yeah, I've, I've, I, I can sort of see it. You yeah. know what hit me was when um, Sam Smith added Tom Petty. And Jeff Lynn a few years ago exactly. to stay with me because I thought the melodies really were similar there because they're they're such simple melodies in those songs so it was a little easier for me on that one but yeah I can I can hear I can hear uh, no scrubs and, and shape of you now uh, I mean I think yeah I think they kind of match I, I wouldn't have thought about it off the top of my head but then once once you you know sit down and listen to them it's like whoa that's a little a little crazy but um, also nice for for Candy and Tiny and the songwriters Shakespeare back there as well that. Not not William Shakespeare, Kevin <laughs> Shakespeare Briggs is what he goes by. Uh, you know, awesome for them that they have created this song that, you know, 18 years later stood the test of time. Um, they've always said they're fans of Ed Sheeran's song as well on Instagram. So, you know, no seems to be no bad blood there or anything like that. And, um, hey, on top of that, they're about to get paid off a of 10-week number one at least. So Nice surprise. Can't be, yeah, can't be too upset with that. And here on the podcast and, and when we write uh, in Sharpie on Billboard.com and other places, uh, we're always looking at a lineage of songs and history and how uh, something happening now in the charts maybe relates to something in the past and how everything's really more connected than, than maybe we all realize. Uh, it's kind of interesting when you look at the songwriting histories now of, of uh, Candy uh, Burris and Kevin Briggs, uh, Shakespeare, who you're just talking about, Trevor. It's funny to see that uh, the four top tens that, that they share are no scrubs, Bills, Bills, Bills by Destiny's Child, Pink's There You Go, and then Shape of You by Ed Sheeran. So it's funny how these songs are connected. Yeah, definitely. I mean, again, all all major hits, all superstar acts, and taking it all the way to the bank, I'm sure. <laughs> and, and a shout-out, too, to one of the writers of uh, Shape of You with Ed Sheeran. Uh, it was written by uh, Ed, uh, Johnny McDade, and Steve McCutcheon, who uh, now has uh, six top tens in his career, and it's pretty good list of, of the ones he's had before that and this is another tie-in to before shape of you and uh, along with no scrubs uh, one of the co-writers of shape of you uh, again uh, steven mccutcheon wrote all or nothing for o-town 
Top oh, five hit in okay. 2001. Yeah. Well, we'll keep flashing back here. Flying Without Wings, Ruben oh. started. Oh, oh, I was going to say Westlife, but I guess the Westlife version never made it over here. Uh, Ruben's, Ruben's version, number two, 2003, yeah. after Idol. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, you Make Me Feel, Cobra Starship, number seven, 2011. He also wrote that. Okay. okay we got a little, like, like you know, little spurts of, of hits in there. Yeah, and, and then the next one is maybe the one that's probably aged the best uh, in pop music. Uh, Hikoro, Glad You Came by The Wanted, number three in 2012. You, you're going to give Glad You Came over Flying Without Wings? Which one do you hear more when you're buying milk in the supermarket? Uh, e- I hear no scrubs. I hear no scrubs the most. And also, uh, Stephen McCutcheon also wrote, uh, co wrote Rockabye by Clean Bandit, which is number 11 this week on the Hot 100. Just got to number nine a few weeks ago. So he's having a, a that's moment here with Ed Sheeran. That's well. a 17 year stretch from. Yeah. From, wow. Awesome. So it's all connected. It's pretty amazing to always think of nothing's in a vacuum in, in pop music history at all. All comes back around. That it does. And uh, hopefully, you guys also come back around next week to check us out here on the Chart Beat Podcast. Uh, we'll see if Ed can hold on for another another week, make it 11, and keep climbing up towards that record 16 potentially. And uh, we'll also, of course, have another chart spotlight here next week. We'll have John McMahon back to talk a little bit more about Bruno Mars and see maybe if Bruno can knock Ed off the number one spot. And uh, for all other chart beat questions, thank you guys for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week. You'll be glad you came next week. When you <laughs> there, there you go. All right, guys, take care. Make you glad you came. The sun goes down, the stars come out. And all that counts is here and now. My universe will never be the same. I'm glad you came. I'm glad you came. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.